This is Jessica. And this is Kelly. And this is the Chasing Brighter podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode. Our guest today is Sierra Redman. She is a travel industry expert, digital content creator, and military spouse entrepreneur behind the Daily Impressions Travel and Lifestyle blog. She has spent many years in the media and travel industry, and through her blog and freelance writing, has found a way to collide the two worlds. Sierra holds an undergraduate degree in mass communications, TV, and radio, as well as a master's degree in travel and tourism from Temple University. As her background suggests, travel media is her passion, and through digital media, she strives to produce top-notch content that continues to inspire audiences to travel and explore the world around them. Aside from media, Sierra is the wife of an active duty service member and mother to a seven-year-old extraordinaire. Sierra also dedicates her life's work to the military community in which she serves as a Military Spouse of the Year program alum for Armed Forces Insurance. Welcome, Sierra. We're so excited to have you today. Yeah, welcome. Thank you so much for having me this morning. That was a mouthful. My goodness. (laughs) Lots of expertise happening. Thank you. Thank you. I hope we can talk about some of that today and give your audience some great tips. You know, doing research and just looking at your blog, I know your your photos are so beautiful. And I say so often in the blog, I and I have a joke and my kids know, like I like to wear black, black and sometimes very dark gray. And so then (laughs) when I see your photos, I'm like, oh, my gosh, okay. when I travel, I've got to bring bright colors because they're so your your photos are so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. No, that's your uniform. You got to stick to it. Whatever you We just want moms in the picture in the first place, right? That's yes. right. I know. And that's yes. the other thing too. I mm-hmm. know. I'm, that's my 2023 um, goal, right? Because I do, you know, you'll go back and be like, oh my gosh, look at where we went. And there's no mother. <laughs> yeah. I'd even do that. I have people send messages and they're like, were you even there? I'm like, well, if I give my husband the camera, then it's not going to be exactly what I envisioned. So I'm back there shooting away. <laughs> My um, eight-year-old loves to shoot the pictures, but you know those angles from eight-year-old level? (laughs) That's not my best angle. (laughs) That's hilarious. You let them take a practice shot. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. You know, you have so much experience in um, media and travel. Like what has inspired you um, to create this content on travel? Ooh, um, I guess I'll go back with the mini story time. I actually got married my sophomore year of college. I was really, really young. Um, My husband is my high school sweetheart, as people Mm -hmm. would call it. Um, We went to high school together. He's a year older than me, and he went off to the military. Um, So we ended up getting married my sophomore year, and I was a journalism major. I thought that I was going to be Oprah Winfrey. I thought I was going to be a broadcast journalist. I was going to be on the news. That was my favorite thing to watch as a child. Like, why? (laughs) Um, And I graduated from college after that transition of being married and moving out to where he was at the time. And I could not get a job as a journalist. No one wanted a military spouse Um, in the media industry. They want someone that they can like hone skills with and, you know, have someone grow up in the company. And I'm like, hey, best I can give you is a year and a half, two years to be 
anywhere that I am, you know, yeah. so often. And so I met another military spouse friend who um, had a blog and I'm like a blog people, you know, you're thinking of old blogs, like, oh, people just go in there and do it as a hobby. And she's like, no, I make money from it. And I get to choose whatever lane or topic I want to report on. I'm like, that sounds cool. (laughs) So I started my blog originally just talking about everything, specifically military life, um, and I came across a group of military spouses at my base. I was at Fort, I call Lost in the Woods, Missouri. <laughs> um, it was awful. But the complaint, the common complaint that I saw in Facebook groups is that there's nothing to do here. It's awful. We hate it. We can't wait for the two years to be over so we can move somewhere else. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't want to go through my whole two years with that thought process. Mm-hmm. That's miserable. So I started my blog talking about things to do in my local area um, and then giving that information to military spouses. And that was kind of like the birth of what I was talking about on my blog. And I had no idea that it was going to actually turn into a travel blog, let alone luxury travel. But that's kind of like the basis. Like I was able to use my journalism skills, um, my passion that I had for going out in the community, trying new restaurants, um, staying at hotels and providing that information to military spouses through my blog, even back then. So that's kind of like just the basis of what got this journey started in the first place. And since then, I've changed a little bit, but I that's my starting point. What are some of your resources like? So to your point about being in the middle of nowhere um, and everything, there's so much content now. Right. No matter what, but like, where have you gone to even sort of get, get some initial starting points, especially when you are in the middle of nowhere and there aren't a lot of resources to try stuff out. You know, the thing is everywhere, even if it's a big, small town has a tourism board and that Mm. should be everyone's first stop. Those are the destination marketers. It's their job to make you like the place, to share the fun, exciting um, events and restaurants. It might be just like a little tiny hole in the wall restaurant. They're talking about it because they want to give people an attraction to go to in their town. Mm -hmm. And for us, we were a military town first. So they had millions of people coming in town um, for military graduations. It's a huge, like basic um, boot camp kind of graduation. And they had to share that information with people that were going to be there for the weekend. So I went to my tourism website, looked at all that, and even just started local. Like, you know, we get in a habit if we live somewhere of going to our favorite restaurant, maybe on Friday or Saturday, instead, go try something else. Mm-hmm. And so that trial and error just kind of gives you that desire to explore. Or the fact that the place that I lived at, at the time was on Route 66. People oh, don't cool. think of that stop on Route 66, though. You yeah. think of the big ones. You think of Oklahoma City. You think of Santa Monica. So mm-hmm. I wanted to go find out what that history was, what made this town important. And I shared a lot yeah. of it. It sounds like <clears throat> with your journalism training, you also kind of went at it. Um, kind of as an investigative reporter, yeah. you know, going and doing the research. Right. Like if we're going to be here, we need to see what makes this town actually amazing. Why should we like it even a little bit? 
Yeah, I love and I love when people say happiness is ear to ear. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, so it's it's like you're right. You can find some places, right? You can find some things to do. Sometimes it might take a little bit more work, right? Um, but it sounds like that you you took that up um, as inspiration, right, for your for your blog and and to um, you know accept that challenge. Yes. That was very early days after we left Fort Leonard Wood. We got so blessed and lucky and we got Miami, Florida. Oh, of wow. all places. So we really hit the ground running with the content and sharing what there is to do in Miami, like off the beaten path. Yeah, lots to do. I've been I went that's where Kelly had her bachelorette party. Ooh, Cal, okay. Miami, right? That's yeah. the only time I've ever been there. Have you been there again, Cal? I have. Um I had like a conference. Um, when I was at JLL, Brian came in, um, we stayed at, it was, the conference was at the Ritz on, um, Key Biscayne. And so we stayed at the Ritz, which was really cool. Um, I, I'm a big fan of off the beaten path, especially living in Chicago, uh, because I hate people, even though I love living in a big city. And sometimes I feel like you get more out of those off the beaten path. They're not as crowded. They're more interesting. You kind of get a little bit of a better, you can get a better experience because you're not fighting crowds or waiting for people to read the sign and then it's your turn, right? It's sort of a different experience. Um, Is that what you found or what kind of drives you to do the off the beaten path items? Yeah, I think that's my whole spiel about Las Vegas because people think, Genuinely, I've actually had a conversation on a plane with a guy sitting next to me and my toddler at the time. And he's like, you're bringing the kid to Vegas. I'm like, well, I hope so, because he lives here. (laughs) He's like, well, what do you do with him? (laughs) We don't actually live in hotels. And actually, I can have a fulfilling living experience in Vegas and never see the strip at all. That is quite possible here. Um, And I don't think people register that. So when I am sharing our favorite local restaurants or that I'm choosing Water Street and Henderson over the strip. They're like, what? Like you have that? (laughs) It's so true. I'm surprised when people say they don't like Vegas or they don't like even living in Vegas because it seems to me that it's a city that caters to any lifestyle that you want. You have outdoor activities. You have a lot of indoor activities. I mean, sports, gambling, shopping, hiking, hiking. restaurants. So yeah, I mean, I visit there quite a bit and I'm always surprised when people think, cause we're always traveling with the kids. Like, why would you go to Vegas or why do you like Vegas? It's like, we don't even, I don't even step foot in a casino. Right. When we, when we go, like my kids did, <laughs> my kids have a Jesse last time I was there. My, my parents took the kids to eat in the casino cause they get all their points. You know how some of those yeah. folks are, they like their freebies. Um, so they've, yeah, they've been in the casinos more than I have, I think at this point. <laughs> That's funny. Mine has too, but we try, you know, we'll go to shows and restaurants, which is completely fine. I think there's plenty to do even for kids. A lot of them even have kids clubs. Um, so they yeah. can, Enjoy that, but we can. I could live a whole year outside of the strip, still create content, still, you know, have a fulfilling life here and not feel like I'm missing anything. And we only live 10 minutes, 15 minutes away. So, well, there's so many people who are drawn to the city for different reasons. I mean, if people are coming for conferences and conventions and they don't like to gamble, right? There's, there's a draw for folks who want to try what other activities there are to do. Right. So, how long have you been in Vegas? 
about three years now. Wow. But this is our permanent home. Um, we're wrapping up the military side of things and we have planet roots here and we love it. And I never thought I'd guess that. <laughs> no, me either. I didn't even want to come here even when, really? yeah, when we were coming. So our parents moved here in 2006 mm-hmm. and actually we have a, a lot of family have migrated here from Kansas. So I have an aunt and uncle and some cousins that live here now, um, which is really nice. But um I, probably just from what we're talking about, like uh, a misconception of what Vegas was like, right? You know, um, that it wasn't like a, my top choice to come here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think, and I'm sure you've traveled and moved around as a lot as well. Like you find your people anywhere, you know. And so it's like once you find your people, then you're like, oh, okay, okay, you know, I can make this home. Yeah, this definitely felt like home once we came here. What has that's a great um, thing to talk about, though, Jess. I mean, Sierra, especially with you guys moving around so much, um, how is it? What is it like for you to find your people? Like, you know, to find your 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 tribe um, yeah. when you've moved around so much. They come from everywhere. Um, I've been in a mix of, we've never lived on base, but my husband has been in two unique and special assignments and then two just regular base assignments. Um, So on post, I feel like it was easier to find other people who could relate to us as military families. There's just like that common denominator. We kind of just get each other without even knowing each other. Mm Um, But in the special assignments, like when we are here and in Miami, those are not military bases or army bases. We're not stationed at Nellis or anything. So we were out in the general population. Um, But we found here in particular that we got lucky. Our next door neighbors are our best friends and like family to us after three years of being here in their prior service as well. So I just, I felt blessed to be able to find, you know, them it's next door was a coincidence, but I, actually our whole neighborhood is like veterans. And I'm, I think that's the oh. Nevada thing. Like, I think a lot of people just decide to retire here or to get mm. out here. And so even without the base being like a safe haven for us, we were able to find people that can relate I also find that Las Vegas, even though it seems like a big city, really is a small town (laughs) and people um, actually genuinely care for each other. And that's not something you usually put with the West Coast. I'm from and that kind of hospitality is here. Um, And I was shocked to find that, too. It's interesting you say that, because I think a lot a lot of people I know are pretty close to their neighbors. Yeah, you know, that really is true. We moved here. This is so crazy. You would have um, it would have been gone before you moved here. But we live on a cul-de-sac street and it was called Christmas Street. I think okay. we were talking about the podcast before, Cal. But anyways, they would bring buses here from the strip and everything to see the lights during Christmas. Wow. Um, and we did not know that. So we inherited like 10 Disney princesses when we moved here. And we had the Disney princess house. And I just had my daughter at the time. Who is 18 months um, old and obsessed with princesses. Yeah, yeah which out perfectly. Loved loved it. All the things. Um, and then, um, so all of the neighbors were super close. They all moved here in like 99, 2000. And we're all very, very close. And so um, they have all since moved to the new community in Sparata, mm-hmm. but they all moved together and are all very, very, very close still. But they're, um, you know, they're older than my husband and I. So we were just kind of beginning our family and their kids were all kind of in high school, but that really um, provided a lot of support for us when we moved here, which you're right. It's like, uh, I think again, a misconception 
of the Las Vegas area. And then do you, um, what are things that you um, enjoy doing? Is that where you also kind of find friends? You know what? Not really. <laughs> I have yeah. not found um, someone yet that yeah. likes to, I'm trying to get into more of the creator community. To be fair, like I said, we've been here almost three years. So when we moved here, it was pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. We couldn't even leave our house. Um, so that wasn't fun. So the first introduction I had to people were my neighbors. And you said they were kind of close together. I'm like literally and figuratively close together <laughs> because of our, you know, the how the yards and the houses are. And I'm like, I would hate to be next to someone that I didn't like, you know, so we got lucky there. But now that the pandemic is, you know, kind of moving out of the forefront of our mind and our plans, Um, I'm trying to get out more and make sure that I meet people that have maybe the same profession, that are local entrepreneurs. And I know that there were programs before we moved here for like creatives and some of those are starting to come back. I'm seeing Hmm. just like find more people doing those kind of events. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I want to, so I um, love your Instagram Thank you um, so much. And it is at I am Sierra Red. And I um, love watching uh, your travels. Um, and so I just kind of want to um, talk a little bit about how you transitioned, right, from creating content on where you guys were stationed to um, then begin kind of like you're saying, not just travel, luxury travel and luxury travel with family. Yeah, um, that transition happened in Miami. Um, You know, obviously we had access to more. Uh, Miami is kind of like here. It was a hub where we were kind of going up, choosing to go on cruises more often. So we were starting to go to the Bahamas and to Mexico. Um, And my son was about, I want to say, nine months old. And some of the questions that I I was getting was, you're taking the baby to another country as a baby. Like the thought kind of thing foreign or like someone will ask me, how do you get your kid to not cry on an airplane? Or what tips do you have for actually surviving the travel day with a nine month old? And so I started answering those questions. And like I said, the blog kind of transformed from being so much about military to tips and tricks, traveling with kids, and then showing families that they could still have an elevated lifestyle on those travel experiences with the kids. There, People think that luxury means stuffy or the kids aren't invited or there's nothing for them, they would be bored. And that's not the case at all. Matter of fact, many of luxury um, travel experiences have a lot of dedication to kids, like kids clubs, um, programming activities, food items that are dedicated towards them. So mm-hmm. I find that to not be true. And I try to make sure that I feature that on my content. I love on your blog, Kelly, she has this picture of her son. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where he's in the robe. He's wearing a robe and he's yeah. in the hotel room, like reading. Oh my That's God. So cute. <laughs> I'm like, oh, look at this kid here with this robe. It, it makes me laugh. I know Kelly and I talk sometimes about our kids. Mm-hmm. Some, you know what I mean? So, I mean, we're from rural Kansas. We were literally like born on a pig farm. Right. <laughs> and then you cut to like our kids having these experiences. You're like, yeah, really? Like, Does there, did this place have truffle fries? 
<laughs> you know, because they get, I think they get to experience so many things. Right. They, they don't realize it's so different. Hey, I, I also think just kids these days, it's just different. They have access to so much more. It's very different, but yes, mine will tell me where he wants to go. And I know there's another picture on my Instagram that kind of got popular of him getting a massage in Mexico during our trip and they're like the baby's getting a massage what is happening <laughs> like the kids deserve the luxury too yeah well you know i think the other thing too is and we we talk about this so much but like self-care mm-hmm. and we've talked to like kelly and i our our mother had one full-time if not two jobs um a lot growing up and uh, there was no self-care Right. right. And so it's like, how can we expect them like they can learn right how to care for themselves? I think that's important um, that you're not just like trying to raise overachievers or something like that, but also like a well-rounded individual that knows how to have downtime and care for themselves. Right. Definitely teaching that. And then two, um, his travel experience, is it, it isn't all luxury. Some of it is an adventure. Some of it is learning. We would try to make sure that we have a learning element to all of our trips um, so it's culture. So the first time that he's exposed to something is with us in a controlled environment and we're in that country and he sees it again and he's like, oh, I've experienced that. I've eaten that. I know what that is. And you know, that, I think that stops bullying if you have exposure. So I'm going to do my part with my kid to make sure that he's exposed to different people, cultures, you know, all of that. And we don't have that kind of experience at school. Because you're like creating an open-minded human of like, oh, wow, like life's not this like black and white thing, but wow, people live all different kinds of ways. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I totally agree. We, um, it was cool. We got to take the older two internationally, but I think that you can do that even with little... I always joke because we travel a lot to like the Inland Empire and stuff for sports or we travel um, to, I don't know, really rural areas but you can still find opportunities right that's still seeing a different type of life different kinds of people you can still have those same lessons like you're saying even if it's not like international travel um what and and so um what goes into you choosing a destination you know what we kind of let the destination choose us when we're traveling for leisure and not for work Mm -hmm. um and some of that like mystery of like where we're going to end up going, we we have dates usually in mind. Um, and we, of course, have like a bucket list of places we want to go. If it fits into the time frame in the budget that we don't want to exceed, then we'll go. If not, we're open to exploring new places. And the funny thing is, that's how we ended up living here. We came here on an accidental vacation with a two-year-old. <laughs> and we came, I'll just tell that story. We were supposed to be going to San Diego. Um, and my husband, like I said, is in the military. So, of course, I'm like, hey, these are the dates. Go ahead and put in your leave. We're going to go on this trip. But we don't buy anything until the leave is approved to go. Um, and he waited a little bit too late, as husbands do <laughs> sometimes, and the prices skyrocket. So I'm like, okay, well, we have these dates available. The leave is done. Where should we go? And I go on Google Flights. That's usually my first resource if I am just like kind of letting the destination choose me. And we saw that we can go to Las Vegas from St. Louis for about $200. And I'm like, how about we take the two-year-old to Vegas? And he's looking like, we're doing what? (laughs) 
because neither one of us had been here. And when we got here, we took a leap of faith. We did not stay on the strip. We actually stayed at Hilton Lake, Las Vegas of all Mm. places. No one thinks to do that when they go to Vegas for the first Mm. time. But I saw it. It fit our Hilton Honors points. It was beautiful. And I didn't know how far it was from the strip or close, but I just thought it was beautiful and it worked out. So we booked it. And our stay here was in Henderson. So we got to see more of the local side of things. Of course, we traveled um, to the Strip throughout the day to like explore. We went out to Red Rock Canyon. We went to Hoover Dam and Boulder City um, during that trip. But we got to really see the local perspective while we were there. And we came back from a trip thinking we should move to Vegas. And so when he got the opportunity to do like a special assignment, he was working with the ROTC program at UNLV. Um, He chose to be at that school to do that program so that we could test out living here. And now we're here. We're stuck. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. And so um, you kind of, you have your go-tos like Google Flights. Yes, Google and, Flights is top for me. And then your like your hotel rewards mm-hmm. and then you go kind of by time and then kind of like what's the best bang for your buck. Right. In that yeah. time frame. How to use my resources. Google Flights is excellent for me and for anybody else that's looking to travel to a destination, maybe even if they're on a budget, because you can put the destination you're coming from and leave the receiving in blank. Or you can put the country instead of like the city hmm. and then it'll tell you where the cheapest place you can go for your time frame. You can also have it searched by the entire month. So maybe you don't know in October where you want to travel to. You could put in October. I'll be flying from Las Vegas, leave the receiving end blank. And it'll tell you what is the best week to go to a destination, which destinations to go to, what airlines offer offer that travel experience for you. And I think it takes some of the guessing game out. And if you're on a budget, that's your best like defense to go to instead of just saying, I want to go to Tahiti, you know, right. maybe, maybe somewhere else is cheaper. So you might get that same kind of experience or one that you didn't even expect to have because you let the destination choose you based on the price and your requirements. Yeah, I love that. I'll have to try that out. I also like... Um, that's great that there's flexible search because I just recently struggled with that when we traveled for spring break because I had a certain um, time frame, but I didn't care where we were going. I also mm-hmm. prefer direct flights when I can get them, um, but just having that flexibility to see like where, what things cost what. So using hotel rewards, what about some other tips um, or things that people may not know in terms of um, whether it's picking a destination or how, how they would book it? Yeah. Um, so like I said, let the destination choose you. Also, don't discount your drivable markets. Um, I know Vegas, I consider a hub. We are lucky in the fact that from two to four hours, we could be in California, Utah, Arizona. Um, so I've experienced that during spring break. Unfortunately, I don't know, besides inflation, what is going on, but flights are outrageous and we had to quickly pivot. And luckily we live in an area where we can drive to those areas. Yeah. So really like everybody's going on spring break or something, you know, yeah. like travel bounce back or something. It is. And I, I mean, we tried to go to 
um, where did we go? We tried to go on a Disney cruise and we were going to go out of Miami and it was like $3,000 a person. I'm like, that can't be right. It has to be airfare. But no, I looked up multiple destinations and it was like that. So our pivot was, okay, we can go out of San Diego. We can go to Phoenix, uh, Scottsdale. We can go to St. George, Utah. And so we we're lucky in that we have that drivable market, but I'm just just telling families don't discount that. Don't think that spring break means you have to do something extravagant. You can experience something new in your area or close by that you hadn't experienced before and cut some of the costs. I love that because I think some people, some families have a hard time planning well in advance to get the best deals on some of those travel things. And so being able to be flexible like that, that's a really great tip. Um, because, you know, if we had the luxury of booking things a year in advance, things are a lot cheaper, right? We have um, close by near Williams, Arizona, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And there's stuff around Flagstaff, a lot of stuff around there. Um, and I, I, I think one of my favorite spring break to see if my family agrees was 2021 mm-hmm. kind of really still pretty heavy in the pandemic. And I wanted to get away and we got this cabin. It was like the steel of the century. And we were literally backed up to a national forest. Mm-hmm. Like you would walk in the backyard and there was a gate to the national forest. Oh, and it was just like, and I, I think it was like in that area, there's not um, like, there's not well water. Mm-hmm. You know, you have like, they kind of have their own little mini water tower. I don't know the situation. It was, it, I right. felt like it was a beautiful little two bedroom cabin situation, but maybe people would, I don't know. Maybe, I, I was like, why was this so inexpensive? It was this gorgeous little cabin with a huge deck in the middle of nowhere. And that ended up being our favorite destination. Cause I think we're still fearful during right. the pandemic to be around people. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of hiked every day and we're just in the forest and it was so great. And so you're, you're so right. Sometimes some of our favorite trips end up being something that we just drove to. Right. We had that experience in 2020 when we were moving here. Um, usually military families move by driving to their destination, but it was June 2020. So really fresh into the pandemic. But we decided since we had to drive anyway that I don't like road trips. Um, so we had started doing this thing where the road trip would be over several days and we would see where we could stop along the way. And that was the actual travel experience because we couldn't actually do much when we got there. Um, so we drove from St. Louis to Las Vegas and that was Route 66. And we stopped in Oklahoma City first. That was fun. That's Oklahoma cute. City was like, the that's still the place um, in the United States that shocked me the most. I love that city. I'm not a small town person. Um, but they are so vibrant and kind and so many activities for kids. So we did that. Um, after that, we went to, ooh, where did we stop next? Um, Texas in Amarillo, Texas, where the Cadillac ranches and they have the Cadillacs buried face down into the sand and it's like an art formation. It was beautiful. Um, we went to Sedona, which you think of that as an adult kind of oasis but we went on a jeep tour there and it was open air and because of the pandemic we couldn't be on a group trip so we just had our private jeep with the tour guide and that was awesome because we climbed the rocks and saw all the views and then we came here and so instead of taking 18 hours to drive and be in misery we took seven days 
and just really explored the entire Route 66. So when we got here, we didn't necessarily go on a vacation because of the pandemic. But when we got here, we really felt like we had explored so much of the West because of that. And so if families are thinking about going on a road trip, don't think of it as a daunting task. It doesn't even have to be a drivable market in four to six hours. It'd be up to 18, but see what you could see along the way. Maybe stop at a national park and add that in um, free activities, just restaurants you try along the way. And I think that would be an even more impactful trip for your family than you planning an extravagant vacation. Yeah. And when you did that trip, um, again, what were your resources to look up like, okay, what along Route 66 do I want to see? Like the things to do or the places to eat at? Yeah. um, So I actually planned the trip based on my tolerance in a car, which is three to four hours. And it's embarrassing. I'm a toddler. (laughs) I don't want to sit there. Um, So I first pulled up the map between St. Louis and Las Vegas to see what major cities were about in that three to four hour time frame. Some days I could push it to six if that meant we were going to be in the middle of Arizona instead of Flagstaff or, you know, like that. Um, So I did dot my map to see what was in my comfortability for the timeline that we were on there. And then I used the tourism boards. And then my next favorite thing to do is social media. So I'll hashtag the city and see what the locals are doing or other tourists are doing and where like they may have gone to a mural that's impossible to find. And I'm finding that on social media and clicking their coordinates to see where it was. And I'll add that to my list. And I have like a running tab on my notes to see, okay, we're stopping at this city in four hours. We can do this, this, and this and stay here. So that's usually my thing. That's for a great me. one. But yeah, I, I love it. TikTok is really changing the game too, as far as like finding things to do in cities. Cause I think a lot of content is about that. And not only do you have the picture like you did on Instagram, because, you know, reels weren't really a thing then. Now you have video, like what was their actual experience like? So I think that's also changing the game for travel. I love that, too, because it's much more dynamic. We booked for our spring break and we booked a just doing Cancun run of the mill resorts. But when I looked at reviews and everything, you know, I just feel like things have changed so much. And a lot of places have been around for a really long time that it's hard to find the latest and greatest content on reviews or whatever. Things are really dated. So reaching out to the tourism board or social media is really great because that's sort of the latest and greatest yeah. Um, in yeah. a lot of ways. Updated information. Yeah. And social media, you can search by relevance. Relevance can mean that it was posted today versus six months ago. So you have that updated. If I'm going somewhere tomorrow, I don't need to know what someone's experience was six months ago at a hotel. I need to know what happened last weekend because that's going to be the closest mirror to my experience when I get there. And so I do look to social media and sometimes TripAdvisor. Because just even like- when we went to Cooperstown, I mean, there were places that like weren't open. That yeah, that yeah. would be Don't even exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, we were we had uh, we have a whole uh, episode episode coming out in Cooperstown or Cooperstown experience last year. But that was 
I know I've said this multiple times, but you came to Vegas in June and you see that Vegas was not shut down when you came, right? right? Like Vegas opened up in June, 2020. Mm -hmm. And so I was very surprised in 2022 when I traveled that everybody was still like coming out of the pandemic because they didn't, you know, have casinos that ran the town that opened us back up. So, so we were like, Kelly and I were laughing. And again, before we started, Sierra and I were talking about how spoiled we were in Vegas, but we went to go to this place. (laughs) Remember Kelly? And they wrote in handwriting and the paper was like, we'll be back in four days. And we oh were like, yeah, no dates on it. It was like we a, like it was a sandwich shop that was like, what? <laughs> we don't know exactly. It was like a family emergency. Like every day, we would kind of like drive by to see if the sign was still there. Yeah, and you know, TripAdvisor was used to be my go-to, and I think that trip, like nothing, you know, was updated. Yeah. And I was a I, lot I of fails. Hours were changing quickly, right? Yeah, and um, no website, no websites were updated, and so we were going in that town. We were going to Facebook for things because they had Facebook. Pages. At least they would post that so then it was like yeah. before we got in the car we're like okay let's see if it's open it was like nope close today <laughs> so we're yeah and that open. yeah i was joking because one place was open like what was it like wednesday thursday friday from like 12 to 6 whatever it was every so time we were we like went okay there. friday we'll go on friday and then it was like nope close for their refrigerator event. was broken or something yeah <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and this place is supposed, supposed to be like this huge 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 place to go but um but I love that with social media because I do find a lot of times when you do a, re- a review based website or app, you know, a lot of times I think it's um, what do you want to say? Like a lot of people want to complain. Right. Yeah. So like when you have a bad experience, that's when you leave a review. And so that might not be the truest experience. And so right. when you can see a reel or a TikTok, you know, you can kind of uh, get an up to date thing. And I love that searching by relevance. And then you said checking the coordinates. You're teaching me I'm already a pretty good stalker, but you're teaching me to be a better stalker. Yeah. I never thought to check the coordinates. I'm like, oh, I've got to, I've got to figure yeah, it out. It shows you the location. That is creepy to have a thing to think about it. Yeah, it shows the location if you tag it like to find that weird mural that was somewhere. So yeah, I'll do yeah. that. Yeah. No, that's so true. Cause um, I saw, I'm going to do some further stocking because you posted a picture <laughs> with a mural on it. And I was like, where is she? Is that in Vegas? I was like, okay, note to self. I've got a stock where Sierra was with that beautiful mural in the background. But um, we, yeah, we do have so many things. I just went for the very first time to, to the arts district. Really? I've been here 14 years. I think so. there's so much now the arts district is changing quickly yeah. um so if you've been before you haven't been right um, i think so new restaurants new like um shops all kind of new stuff like i we went when we I think about a year ago and then we went back and i'm like that wasn't there <laughs> Well, also, I think like a lot of those places, um, those little restaurants and little boutique coffee shops are now like in downtown Summerlin. And now they're coming here um, because I think Makers and Makers and Finders mm-hmm. is a little coffee shop that now has like several locations. But there was a time when some of those restaurants were only at the Arts District. And so I think they're coming over here. So, you know. In Vegas, listeners, if you have to drive more than 10 or 15 minutes, the chances are very low that you're going to do that, right? And so if it's like, oh, well, why go there when I 
when it's right here, when it's in Henderson now sometimes. Because it's so. trendier and you can just explore You're the right, history. explore the whole thing. We're really excited. I went to um, the boutique for the Love LV and we're going to have um, Emily Johnson on. Um, and that's a cute, cute little boutique. And you're right. It is different. It's a totally different vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does it does in- inspire a person to push you. Like Kelly's in Chicago. Kelly's so neighborhood based. Really? Right. Like you guys are so you're in uh what are you what's your what's your neighborhood now, Kel? Um, I identify with Ukrainian village. It is Ukrainian village still. Yeah. But it's like that's neighborhood base and it's like, oh wait, what about this neighborhood and this neighborhood? Same thing. I'm sure you yeah. stay in your neighborhood, but there's like millions you could check I, out well the, my, uh, my son um who plays baseball he plays way up north and mm-hmm. i every sunday morning i love it because i go to a different coffee shop in the neighborhood but it is like it's like my travel this is my little travel fix is just trying a different neighborhood so maybe that's part of it yeah well, i keep preaching to people that travel doesn't actually have to mean you go anywhere it's just going travel is going out of your norm and if you just that. set your sight on that then you've already had a travel experience I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's so true. Just even the other day, um, I didn't even know this. My um, son's little bestie, his mom took them to this bounce house. And right by her house, she was like, you know, there's a Japanese grocery store there. And this is like literally a half a mile from my house. I know I exactly like, where it no. is. I, did, I can tell I you where it is. I know that. <laughs> I was like, no, I didn't know that. And then the kids we were right like. By there when we went hiking. Is that the place? I'll talk to you offline about this. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like, well, you need to know. Well, but you know what I mean? It's like you, it's like, oh, now I've got to go over there and check, you know, check that situation out because I love that. And that is when, you, when you're talking about it. It's like, what do you love about travel experiencing new cultures, experience different food, experiencing different things. And like, how cool that now I can go because you got my son to try all of these things. He's my pickiest. Yeah. And he uh, picked out all these things. It's like, oh my gosh, I want to take my kids there and go pick out some things to try. Right. And, and, and like you're saying, it's going out of our norm. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. As I find that especially in the pandemic, like you can't go anywhere. So what can you do? Or for families that may be on a tighter budget and they're like, well, we can't afford to take all of our kids to this country. I'm like, okay, well, take them to a restaurant to experience that cuisine. Take them. I mean, especially here in Vegas, we have a cultural festival for everything. So at bare minimum, for free, you can take them to that cultural festival, maybe tie in a restaurant after that or another like activity or experience. And then you've traveled for the day and that's at no cost to you. So I love families. That's awesome. I love that. I'm looking at um, a cruise. We'll, We'll see. Um, if, if it happens, but do you have any um, tips or recommendations if you if you wanted to uh, do a cruise with your family? Ooh, um, when I I went on my last cruise right before the pandemic, so I haven't been on a cruise since. Mm-hmm. But one thing that we did is make sure that we had the money in our budget to kind of upgrade to the what is it called? It's like a extended experience. Like we didn't actually have what's it called status with the cruise line. Okay. But we paid for the experience to get what people with status had. Okay. So that allowed us to like 
skip the lines for shows that we were going to maybe sit a little bit closer for those shows and experiences um, try some of the specialty dining, which is totally not necessary on a cruise, but especially if it's like your second cruise and you kind of want a more relaxed experience that isn't like, hurry up, we have to go and then hurry up and wait into a long line. Yeah, I would just say make sure you have the extra money in your cruise to do some of that. Yeah. And then also paying attention to what excursions my thing with cruises is you only have eight hours to maybe experience a whole country. And so instead of us prioritizing like a water park, we'll go on a cultural um, experience instead that would include like a food tour and then like some history. That way we can, I mean, we haven't really experienced the country in eight hours, but in the future when we're looking to travel back there, like by air, we're like, okay, well, we have bases of what this country is about. Did we like it enough to return? Um, that's our weekend go on this tour and we're like, oh, we missed this stop. But when we fly back, we can do that, you know, and you wouldn't get that same cultural feel at a water park. You could do a water park at home. So really prioritizing that for your excursions. I love that. So would you also say um, in terms of a cruise is do, even if you hit a cruise line, for a trip that's a little bit below budget versus what's the end of your budget, you pick a place that maybe you are reserving enough to get those additional experiences rather than blowing the bank on just like a, I don't know, celebrity cruise line or something. Yeah. Yeah, I would. And our first cruise was carnival. And so they, I mean, we, you know, we had a carnival experience, but we had a great time. And then the next time we went on Royal Caribbean, I'm like, okay, we have a little bit more in the budget. We can do Royal. Now we're setting our sights on Disney. We haven't done it yet, but we're yeah, we've been talking about it. Those Disney cruises are so expensive. Kelly and I, that's kind of like bucket list with, with both our families. But also um, I was looking at celebrity cruises the other day. And um, if you book way in advance, they're having yeah. right now, buy one, get buy one, get one half off. Wow. And because we're a family of five, we always have to get two rooms internationally. Mm-hmm. And so, um, like my husband could get buy one get one half off then i could buy one get one half off and the third booking was a thousand dollars off nice so it was really really inexpensive for international travel when you know when you think of a cruise you're getting everything included and i was looking with insurance and everything just to kind of see like okay if i got every single thing Mm -hmm. but that would be booking out way in advance um but i was really surprised at that um Because I think sometimes we think, yeah, that's super expensive, but. I mean, when you factor in what you get on a cruise versus taking that same trip internationally, like I had to do that too. Like say we go to Mexico and we're flying there. So you've flown there and then you have to pay for the hotel and then your food for the days and the activities. Well, if you're going on a cruise, it's probably a thousand to two thousand dollars cheaper to go on the cruise there, and then your room and board is covered, your food is covered, your activities for the most part on the ship are covered. Um, and we found that we saved money, and then also telling families that hey, this is your time to consider everything you're eligible for. Do you have AARP? Do you have military discount? Mm. Are you a local? Do you have a family member traveling with you that is a local to California or Florida? or Texas, consider everything and make sure that you're utilizing those discounts. Yeah. Points, credit cards can be converted yeah. for this too. So 
if yeah. you're really on a budget or you want to save for something like an experience while you're there, make sure you're considering what discounts will get you there in your budget and then having the extra to spend for um, the excursions. But cruises are amazing in that they are what you make it. If you had no budget at all and you just paid for the cruise, you can still have an amazing time, especially ones like Royal Caribbean and Disney that have a private island. And so that first private island on your ship is covered, including the food, and you're not having to figure out what excursions you want to go on. So really consider those if you don't want to spend any extra money except for just bare minimum of the cruise. Yeah, we've done both where we've kind of done paid for an excursion and then we've just like got off the boat and walked around just yeah. to be, and that was just as fun right you can find like you're saying it particularly um well not even internationally but you know you can walk around and walk into various places and um and get a feel for yeah. that area you know um i uh i loved having you today you um, so this was so yeah, great it was great meeting you you too thank you for having me Thanks for listening and joining us today. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Chasing Brighter or on our blog, ChasingBrighter.com.